got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here, and in today's video, we are going to be going over a ton of news coming out on Bitcoin. We have some very important fundamentals that we need to go over. Namely, we have seen a massive uptick in whale wallets holding Bitcoin and major cryptocurrencies. In fact, we have seen more than 80,000 Bitcoin flow into wallets between 1,000 and 10,000 Bitcoin over the past couple of days, and we are seeing massive inflows of new entities in the cryptocurrency space, indicating that we are not in a bear market, as many people are saying, but simply in an accumulation phase. We're going to talk about all of that and do some technical analysis here in a second, but we also have to talk about Ethereum because Israel is looking at a digital shekel built on the Ethereum network. We're going to be talking about all of that, doing some technical analysis on the big two cryptocurrencies and more in today's show. If you do enjoy today's show, make sure to smash that like button. It really helps us out here during the crypto drought while there's no views on YouTube, so make sure you tune in 9.30 Eastern Standard Time every single weekday for more crypto content. I am joined, as always, by my co-host and your president, Kind of Crypto Tim. How you doing, Tim? I'm doing good, everybody. I got to spend this weekend not celebrating the 4th, but driving my brother back up to Rhode Island, uh, and so that was fun. Have you ever, I don't know if anyone in this, this uh, audience has been here, or been in Washington, D.C. at night. Have you ever watched on Washington, D.C. at nighttime? Mm -hmm. Yep. Have you seen have. the rats that are larger than squirrels? I haven't, actually. So, my brother and I, we drove through Washington, D.C. That was the, like, I'm not even kidding you. These rats were like this what big. What the heck? And I'm not talking about one or two. Like, we literally <laughs> saw like 30 of them. Really? Like, Where I don't were know. you in D.C.? I've been up there a bunch, Well, we had actually. to drive through it. And yeah. so, we you just stopped. We're like, hey, let's just drive around the city real quick. Yeah. And it was... Was that the first time you've been to D.C.? Oh, no. I've been when I was like... I've been there 10. twice. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we are also joined, as always, by Smay, who is uh, who is here today. Here. He doesn't have a microphone, and he, and he has been transferred. <laughs> figured oh into gosh. something um I, I i really don't i don't know what happened to him he didn't come into work today uh i hear his voice though is that just me tim can you hear him it's uh somebody else it is it i think it's a ghost i think maybe, this maybe. i think this room might be haunted. haunted yeah it's haunted anyway guys i don't know who's running the production on this show today but uh we have bitcoin pillow here to make it up to you guys we have a lot to talk about so we're going to jump into it if you have any questions any super chats as always make sure to leave them and we will get to those a little bit later on in the stream we will be covering this guy a little bit later and talking about our predictions at the end of the stream so stay tuned for that but let's go ahead and jump into some articles on bitcoin just going to read the headlines here but there are some interesting screenshots that i want to show you Bitcoin supply held by whale entities hits two-month high in bullish sign. Then we have another report over here from Coindesk that says, New report places United States at top of crypto-ready countries. Let's break both of these down. The very first thing that we need to talk about here is the number of Bitcoin being held in wallets that hold between 1,000 and 10,000 Bitcoin. Willie Wu on Twitter posted this article this morning talking about the number of Bitcoin being held by these major whale wallets. And as you can see, the number has upticked by a very large amount over the last couple of days. In just the last 48 hours or so, from the time he posted this tweet two days ago, we saw an uptick of four, from 4,150,000 4 to 4 million nearly 250,000. 75 to 80,000 Bitcoin was bought and moved into these wallets in the span of 48 hours. As you can see, this is the largest uptick that we have seen in a very long time over such a short period of time. The reason this is important, guys, is because we want to be looking at this sideways movement, not as a bear market, but we want to be looking at it as an accumulation phase, which is what it actually is. What we have seen over the last six months is we saw a massive inflow of retail interest from meme coins and stonks and AMC and game stonks and all this stuff. We saw all these people flow into the cryptocurrency space based on Elon Musk, based on Michael Saylor, based on big hero worship. And then a lot of those people got bored and left. But what are we left with? We're left with a much higher floor of price action now than we had six months ago. Six months ago, $30,000 being a floor or was unthinkable. It wasn't even hit as an all-time high yet. Now, we have seen a lot of that retail adoption leave because they were never here for the fundamentals in the first place. They will be back as Bitcoin continues to grow, but we should not get discouraged about the long-term growth and adoption of cryptocurrency because we are seeing metrics like these that should be encouraging us. Whales are accumulating at these low levels, and we want to make sure that we are following their lead. They're whales for a reason. Tim, do you have anything to weigh in on that? I think I'm going to weigh in when we get to the technical analysis because I do have an opinion 
opinion, but again, I'll wait till we get there. Sounds good. Yeah. Guys, there's one more chart I want to show you before we get into the TA on Bitcoin, and that is the entity's net growth on Bitcoin. This is a 30-day moving average over on Glassnode, and as you can see from Willy Woo's screenshot right here, we have seen a massive uptick in entity net growth on Bitcoin over the last 30 days. In fact, ever since the beginning of May, we saw it jump from 30,000 to uh, excuse me, 20,000 to 30,000 in net growth. Notice we saw a ton of growth here in the beginning of this year, especially in quarter one, but we saw a big drop off as we pulled back. Now, though, we have hit a new all time high, except, excuse me, not an all time high, but a high for the last several years of entity growth. What is entity growth? It is the number of wallets being activated, more or less. It is the amount of people creating new accounts in cryptocurrency. This number, as you can see right here, is at its highest level ever since the all-time high run at the very peak of the bull market back at the end of 2017. In fact, it's even higher than it was three months ago when we were hitting the all-time high on price action. This is a fantastic sign of continuing fundamental adoption. Remember, guys, fundamental growth and adoption does not always mean that we're going to see short-term massive increases in price action. What it does mean, however, is that our underlying intrinsic value is continuing to rally, and we are going to continue to see gradually higher and higher and higher prices. But just like climate might change slowly over time, you can still have weather patterns that are one way or another. The price action is the same way. You might see massive rallies, you might see massive crashes, but in general, the climate of cryptocurrency is continuing to grow, and we're seeing it show up in metrics like these. With that said, we're going to go ahead and jump on to some Bitcoin technical analysis. Any questions you guys have, make sure to leave them in chat, and Tim can chime in at any time while we are doing this technical analysis. And in doing this technical analysis, I will be coming up with my price prediction for this week. So let's go ahead and kick it off. Here on the daily chart for Bitcoin, we have seen quite a bit of sideways action over the last six weeks or so, as you guys know. During this time, we have seen certain things happen fundamentally on Bitcoin. Number one, we've seen a drop off in retail adoption. Number two, though, we've seen an uptick in institutional interest and adoption. We have seen an uptick in national interest and adoption. And in fact, that's something we're going to go into a little bit more later. We have seen massive fundamental growth at the expense of short-term hype-based growth. And that's important because we don't want to build the market off of hype, we want to build the market off of fundamentals, with the hype being the icing on top. Of course, we all like a cake that is nothing but icing, and there's no actual cake and bread in there, but that's not the way cakes are made because, you know, I don't want to die at 35. I want to live a long, healthy life, so I'm just going to put a little bit of icing on there. It's nice, but you don't want to build an entire cake out of nothing but icing. It's too sweet. That's what we saw happen at the beginning of this year. We had too much icing, not enough filler. That being said, let's move on here. During this time, of Bitcoin trading sideways, we have been entering patterns that people have been calling either a bull, uh, excuse me, a bull trap or accumulation. There's two different perspectives here. Some people think that this sideways movement is going to act like a bear flag and it's going to result in a drop down into the low 20s. That is very much possible. I do not want to discount that in the slightest. I have seen Bitcoin many times throughout history sit down around a level of support like $6,000. I witnessed this firsthand when this channel was young. We hit this level of support over and over and over again and eventually we broke it. During this time, I learned that whenever a level is tested more than three times, it's probably going to break. So I do want you guys to keep that in mind, and I am well aware that there is a strong argument to be made of lower lows. I am not discounting that in the slightest. But based on the fundamentals that we're seeing, we're also seeing strong upticks in those. So the question now becomes, will this short-term price action result in a short-term correction? By short-term, I mean the span of weeks, maybe to a month or two. I'm not talking about a day or two. I'm talking about up to six, eight weeks. Are we going to see a short-term correction, or will those fundamentals dominate and push us to the upside? More or less, is this a rounded bottom, or is this a bear flag that is going to result in lower lows? That is the million-dollar question right now that everybody wants to know. Well, let's jump down here to the four-hourly chart, because there are several things going on that I think are going to play into that outcome. Number one, we have a downtrending level of resistance right here and a downtrending level of support right here. This creates what is known as a descending wedge. Anyone who has gone through the Cryptocurrency Technical Analysis Academy, which many of you guys have, linked in the description box down below, you will know that a descending wedge typically breaks the opposite direction that it is pointing 70% of the time. So if we're trending to the downside and the market is moving down and the descending wedge is pointing down 70% of the time, we should break bullish out of it. That is the statistical likelihood 
neighborhood in that. However, you also normally see that you will move up to 70% of the way through a descending wedge before you break it. If we were to do that, we would probably follow a pattern something similar to this, and we could pull back as low as the mid-20s before we actually break bullish and start to rally again. That is something that is very much in the cards, and you shouldn't get scared of if it does start to occur. If Bitcoin starts to slowly move sideways and not have a massive crash like this, if we take this path, then you should actually be encouraged because it means that the bulls are still pretty strong, the technicals and the fundamentals are lining up that we should break to the upside in the next couple of months. Keep all of that in mind because I don't want you guys getting freaked out. If we do start breaking below 30, it's not the end of the world. It is just indicative of a short-term correction that based on how we moved at the beginning of this year was most certainly needed. Looking down here on the hourly chart, we can see that Bitcoin is currently, or up until a couple of hours, was currently in a symmetrical triangle pattern based on the same downtrend, but in this case, based on an uptrend constituted by these levels right here. Our downtrend is constituted by highs set around $40,000 on June the 15th, highs set on June the 29th at $36,500, and a high set just yesterday on uh, around $1,800 on July the 4th at $36,000. Our uptrend is constituted by lows set on the 22nd of June, the 26th of June, the 2nd of July, and just yesterday. Yesterday, I'm reading that for all of the people listening to this in the podcast, by the way. And we have seen Bitcoin pull down to test this level and we broke bearish out of it with exuberance. When we're talking about how we break out of markets, this is how we want to see it. Notice this breakout was massive. It was very fast. This is the kind of breakout that you want to see and try and set a trade up in like this. I tell you guys all the time, if you're going to try and trade a symmetrical triangle pattern, wait until the breakout's confirmed. You will be much safer. In this case, if we take a look at Lux Algo, I have no idea what Lux Algo is going to say, but I'm curious. Looks like we saw a very strong sell signal right here. I literally did not pre-analyze this. I have it on the settings i normally use it on 12 and 26 this right here had a sell order that predicted this if you guys are interested in lux algo for these phenomenal signals and all of these colors and all the different settings that you guys can have it's really just a phenomenal indicator if you would like to get access to it the links in the description box down below the coupon code jeb j-e-b-b will get you 20 percent off at checkout drop a one in chat if you guys like this indicator it has been incredibly helpful for me in my analysis journey and you guys seem to be really enjoying it all of that to say that based on Bitcoin breaking bearish below this uptrend right now, it indicates that we probably are following this descending wedge. It indicates that we probably are going to pull back down here into the low 30s, maybe even breaking 30 for a little bit before we start to rally again. That's what it looks like. Now, Tim also pointed out something really interesting this morning that I want to bring to your attention, and that is the volume spikes that we're seeing on Bitcoin. Notice, guys, where we're seeing volume spiking right now shows up in very interesting positions. I'm going to draw a vertical line every time volume spikes. We see one right here. We see a volume spike right here. We saw a volume spike right around here. And then we also saw some volume spikes right over here. I'm drawing all of them because I want to make sure you realize that pretty much every single time in recent memory that we have seen a spike on volume of any kind, it has not been at the top. It's been at the bottom. What does that mean? That means that we're seeing a lot of fighting around these levels of support. That means that when the bears try and push us to the downside slowly, the bulls say, no, Actually, I'm going to buy because Bitcoin's on the cheap and I want a discount. That's what we're seeing happen right now. And we should keep that in mind because based on where the bulls are buying, and a lot of these are whales, maybe between one Bitcoin and 100 Bitcoin, these guys buying the bottom indicates that there's a lot of support around that $30,000 region. So make no mistake, when I'm saying that we might break below $30,000, it will be a fight. It will take a while more than likely, and we probably won't stay down there for more than a month or two. But once we do go down there, the bulls are going to buy that up with a quickness, and it's going to be very good. Down to where? Down to around $30,000, uh, $30, like we were talking about earlier. Okay. Yeah. So guys, that's what I was saying earlier. We have this uh, descending wedge right here. We probably will move about 70% of the way through it, which would leave us with a support level somewhere in twenty-seven dollars to $28,000 territory before we break bullish if we were to play that pattern out. So with all that said, that's a little bit longer term TA. Let's talk about some shorter term stuff. Where is Bitcoin going this week? Well, guys, to be honest with you, since we broke this uptrending level of support, I've turned it to red because it is now resistance. I personally think it's relatively clear where we're going, and I'll show you why. We have seen not only we broke this uptrending level of support and it is now resistance, we're also looking at bearish RSI divergence. Notice these two highs right here and then notice these two highs over here. RSI does not need to be read just as an overextension indicator. Keep that in mind. 
RSI is also supposed to be red for RSI divergence. RSI divergence is what happens when you see a trend show up on RSI that is the opposite of how it looks on the chart. For example, we have a downtrending level of resistance here and an uptrending level of support here. It's hard to remember all of the RSI divergences. There are literally dozens of them, but one of the things that is a general rule to keep in mind is that if you see RSI divergence on the peaks, it's a bearish signal. If you see RSI divergence on the support, it's a bullish signal. Right now, we're seeing RSI divergence on the peaks with this downtrend and with this uptrend. That is a bearish sign. It's a pretty long-term sign compared to how little we moved down, so that is calling for more bearish price action. In general, with how long this is, I would expect us to pull back down to probably around 30, maybe even $29,500. All of that to say, based on the fact that we've broken below this, based on the fact that we're seeing RSI divergence, I'm also going to look at a few other indicators. We're below the 20 EMA. Let's look on the four-hourly chart. We're below that as well. I am predicting that this is not going to be a very bullish week for Bitcoin, and the only way that it probably could be is if we hold support here at uh, $32,500. We have strong support here at $32,500 set right here, 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 and then some support over here. It is possible that we hold that. So if we bounce anywhere in here, we're probably going to bounce around $32,500. I'm not confident that we're going to hold that. And even if we do, then we form a descending triangle pattern, which will probably break bearish also. So I am predicting on Bitcoin that we're going to go down to $31,500. Actually, I take that back. I think we're going to go down to $31,000. That's my prediction for this week. Gotcha. Let's go to full screen and discuss you guys' predictions. I want to hear what y'all say. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll do Bitcoin, and we'll wrap these up at the end of the stream so you guys remember what they are. So, Smay said $33,500. So, Mm -hmm. we have a flippening of Smay being the highest prediction of Bitcoin. Really? Uh, Because I said $31,800. Yes. So, when you said $31,500, I was like, oh, that's cutting it close. I actually like being the lowest prediction this week. Yeah, being low is nice. Uh, So, here's here's why. I'm I'm watching in chat. I see some people saying, stop BSing. We're in a bear market. I see some people saying, oh, no, we're about to jump up. You know, it's all over the place. First of all, and Jeb, correct me, step in whenever I say something that is false, but I'm going to give you... A couple reasons why we are not in a bear market. First of all, let's start with the question of why we are where we are. It is a combination of not only did Bitcoin rally way too quickly in quarter one, but we also had fundamental analysis when it comes to uh, the way China was handling it with the way that Elon Musk was handling it that brought the price back down. It was not a natural dip. It was a sudden overnight FUD and corrective simultaneous movement. Like if you guys have been watching this show, before the Elon stuff came out, before China came out, not the country, the news. Uh, (laughs) China's been around for a while. Before all that happened, Jeb had been saying, guys, we are over, 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 overestimated. We need to correct, we need to correct, we need to correct. And then when you have that one-two punch, it brings it down. Now, Mm -hmm. while that looks like a bear market, here is the issue. If you look, I was talking to Jeb this morning, if you look at that volume, Look at every single time we start testing that 30,000, you're going to see volume spikes. You see it over here on the 19th of May. We dropped down all the way down to, I think, 29,600 or something like that, uh, but 20, or 29,000 pretty much, and we see a massive spike in, in volume. We again tested that 30,000 around, uh, what is that, the 8th of June, massive spike in volume in comparison to what we had. We did it again over here on the 22nd of June, massive spike in volume. We did it again a couple days later on the 26th of June, massive spike in volume. Now, here is why we are not in a bear market, and it is because of the article that Jeb talked about earlier. I said I was going to chime in a little bit later, and that is that we are not only seeing whales come in, we are seeing whales buy in. That's what I think those spikes are. Whales are saying, hey, I hit my price point. That's where I want to be. Let me go ahead and get that, That you know, let me get my bag. We're also seeing, and, and you cannot over... I know someone made fun of me like last week. They're saying, Tim's really about those new wallets. Guys, we are sitting at an all-time high of wallets being used in 2021. We are nowhere near the all-time high price, but we are at all-time highs of the amount of people holding Bitcoin. That is not indicative of a bear market. What it is indicative of is... Bitcoin needed to correct, and whales wanted to get in, so they manipulated the price to get to the level that they want to buy, which is uh, sitting around. I used to be a guy saying around 24, 26. I actually think it's right around 30, and that's why you see all those volume spikes. I don't have access to the VPVR, but I'm pretty sure if you looked at that, you're going to find that massive amount of pressure, uh, that volume pressure sitting right there at 30,000. I think 30,000, I think we've hit the bottom. Now, that being said, which is one of my phrases... 
I do think we have to go back and retest it. I don't think this article that uh, was said is in saying that we automatically are going to start rallying from here. I do think we're going to go back down. I think we're still playing off the Wyckoff accumulation phase, in which case more whales and more institutions are going to get in. And I think we have pretty much summed it up. That number to get in is about 30,000. I think that that's beginning to be realized. I think they're going to make it press back down to there one more time, maybe two more times. But... Uh, that is the reason we are not in a bear market, yep. and and despite some of this news, I actually think you know this is a. I was I, when I did my price prediction, I was really like on the fence because there is a lot of great news. When you see that news, like all these whales buying in, you're you're very tempted to say, okay, they're getting in. Let's go. Let's just go ahead and go. During a Wyckoff phase, just so you guys know, institutions and whales are constantly buying, but they're also selling. They're just buying more than they're selling. They're going to keep it right there around 30000 to keep getting more and more and more and more and more. And then when they say, all right, it's time to go, that's when we'll take off. When that time's going to be, I don't know. I'm hoping within the next couple of weeks. However, I am definitely of the opinion that the bottom has come in and uh, that this is not a bear market, but all of this actually goes to tell you, all right, no, we are still in a bull market. We are still on track to go hit new all-time highs in the incoming months. Uh, so that's that's my take, Jeb. I don't know yeah. if you, did I say anything that you disagree no, with? No, I completely agree. And I think it was good that you pointed out the VPVR. As, as you guys can see on my chart, we've actually been drawing a massive VPVR spike over the last couple of months that we are going to more than likely need as support in the future. We rally, I pointed this out months ago. Look at how thin the VPVR is right here in between thirteen and $28,000. There's nothing because we rallied so quickly. For anyone who doesn't know what the VPVR is, it's just showing how much trading has happened at each level. Notice we've had a ton of trading right here, so there's a big VPVR spike. Lots of trading over here, so there's a bigger one. We have nothing on VPVR as far as support here in between thirteen dollars and $28,000. But we're building tons of support here between thirty dollars and $40,000, which is a foundation. you got to build a foundation before you can put a frame on a house, before you can put a roof on a house before you can put a siding on a house, before you can move into it. Right now, we're building a strong foundation so that we can build that foundation, so that we can build that frame and that roof and move in. That's what we're going to see happen over the next couple of years is we're going to continue to see growth, but we've got to lay the foundation first. And I think this movement in the market that we're seeing is an excellent example of that foundation laying at work. When we did the same thing at $10,000, it was boring for a year. 2019 was not the most interesting, but I'm glad we did that because it solidified $10,000 of support on Bitcoin. And I would be very surprised if we ever went below it now because of all of that sideways price action. It is a healthy thing for the market to do this, and we shouldn't get concerned just because of it. With that said, we want to read some super chats now yes, or move that's on. That's what I was to say. Let's do Let's some do super it. chats and then we can go ahead. We got three of them. One from the first one from Ozzy Todd. He said, How do you advise people stake slash secure their crypto? Is it a good idea to stake all of an asset, or is it better to only stake some and secure the rest in cold wallets away from hacks? Except. I would personally do the latter just because when you're staking something, it, it depends on if you're staking, if you have access, and you're the only person that has access to your private keys. If you do have complete and total and uh, individual access to your private keys, go ahead and stake it. There's no reason not to. But if there's any kind of security issue on that, then I would encourage you to not do that. You always want to be keeping cryptocurrency as much as possible in a cold wallet. I've told people before you don't want to have cryptocurrency on exchanges, and someone asked the logical question, well, what happens if I want to trade it? Well, yeah, of course, if you want to trade crypto keep it on exchange, but that's why you want to have the majority of your portfolio not on exchange. You want to have it in cold storage mm -hmm. so that if a Mt. Gox happens, you don't lose all of your crypto. With that said, if you guys are enjoying today's stream, smash that like button. Let's see if we can't get to 500 likes. Thank you for everyone who tuned in this morning. Here's a, a good question. I think you'll have a good response for this one. It's from Uzi Woozy, I think. Uh, yeah, I guess that's a saying. I think my mom said that a lot. Uzi Woozy. Uh, he said, hey, Jeb, CT2A is a blast, Woo. but at what point does it all come together and make sense? Because everything individually makes sense, but I don't know how to combine it. Yeah, so th so think great about... Question. So that's a great question. Think about it like this. You need glue to hold together a craft, right? If you put a craft together and you don't have any glue or any fasteners or anything to hold it together, it's all going to fall apart. If you're building a house and you don't screw it all together, it's all going to fall apart. You're just not going to succeed. Even if you have the finest lumber, the best architects, if you have all of that, you have the best materials, 
It's just not going to work. It's the same thing with CT2A. I'm giving you the best materials I possibly can, but what fastens it together is your experience. Yes. Yep. You got to go and apply it. See, that's one of the problems with our modern education system is that people throw a bunch of facts at you and then say, okay, boom, forget about it. How many times have you heard, I learned more in two weeks on the job than I did in four years of college? How many times have you guys heard that? That's because our education system leaves out experience. And that's why I encourage you guys in this channel, on this channel, and in CT2A, hey guys, I'm giving you good information here, but you got to go apply it. Here's how it all connects. You got to learn it in your head and then as you're applying it you'll learn it in your heart yeah. and the emotion behind it is the glue that holds together all of those facts facts become wisdom when you add experience wisdom is knowledge plus experience that's what wisdom is i'm trying to get you to wisdom i can give you the facts but i want to guide you in that experience yes. because i can't just give that to you well i think a good even way to think about it oozy woozy would be and anyone else listening to this that kind of had a similar question like maybe you because i think that's actually a large amount of people yeah. who have gone through some form of a course they've gone through c2a and they're like oh it's so good but i don't know how to use it I would I would say it's kind of similar to math like growing up I actually there's a lot of things that mathematically made sense to my brain I didn't know exactly you know what the what all the rules were before I learned them However, there were things that made sense However, once you learn the rules a lot of times I had a lot of aha moments like yeah. that's why that always worked I didn't know that was the rule and vice versa There's a lot of times I had frustrations with a lot of things couldn't figure it out And then I learned a new formula from a math book and I was like, ah, okay That's what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with technical analysis there are several successful traders. Uh, there's lots of people who do trading and that have success that don't use technical analysis. Mm -hmm. There are lots of people who are very frustrated and they know technical analysis, but they get frustrated because they don't know what to do. Like Jeb just said, experience is the thing. What CT2A is going to help with, what technical analysis is going to help with, is the, the intuitions and the things that you were doing, building experience, they're going to give you the aha, like, okay, that's why I was seeing success, or the aha, okay, that's why I was not seeing success. Either way, just like school, like when you finish college with a degree, doesn't mean you really know what you're doing. It, you need the experience on the job. And sometimes the lessons you learn in school give you the, ah, that's why this works. Yes. But you still got to do it. Yeah. So it's almost, anyway, we've made our point yeah, on that. Yeah, said it over and over again. All right, let's go last super chat and then we will move into... Some more news and some more technical analysis. Uh, we got Alessandro the Cynical. He's he's giving Matt C a rival. Alessandro the Cynical. He, he has a lot of super chats. All right. Uh, he said a few people have mentioned a potentially supply uh, a potential supply shock for ADA since seventy one percent is staked and growing, but since staking is not locked, is this a real possibility? Um. So I don't know what we mean by supply shock. I've never heard that phrase before, and I don't know how exactly that would impact the market. If we're seeing 71% of ADA staked, that's a very good thing for the tokenomics of the cryptocurrency. We want to see that supply locked up in places that you can't really get to it because that decreases the circulating supply, increasing the, un increasing the fundamental value because the ADA is more scarce. It helps with ADA scarcity. See, that's one of the problems I have with Ethereum is that Ethereum does not have scarcity because it has an infinite supply at the moment. Uh, EIP-1559 is going to be helping with that, but it is still an issue. Cardano staking all of that. I don't. I don't see that being an issue. If anything, I only see benefits from that personally. Mm. And by the way, someone asked where my cross is. It's just blending in with the shirt I'm wearing. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, when he walked in, at first I thought it was a camo shirt this morning. I did not see the flowers at first. Oh, but uh, yeah, it's a nice shirt though. I it like it. It works like good it. as camouflage. Did Greg pick that one out? Uh huh. Okay. Good yeah. job, Greg. If you're Thanks, watching. Thanks, Greg. All right. One more super chat, and then we will move on. It is Let's from Kenneth it. Gardner. He said, "I usually." Only get to listen while at work. It's a nice change to be able to watch you guys. Uh, you guys rock. Sorry, you watch, comma, you guys rock. Uh, let's go, people. Hit the like and subscribe. Ooh. That's true. Have we even talked about that? We have not talked about hitting the like button. I don't even think we started the stream by I that. Said it like three times. I'm not listening. Tim is not paying attention. I'm trying to read the chat. Neither is chat sure. though, because you guys aren't hitting the like yeah. button. Smash we that have, like button. We have 1,800 people and only 436 likes. Let's do it. Uh, come on, guys. Bitcoin pillow. Like. Should we hit the like button? Okay, thank you. So guys, we're going to move on. We are going to talk about Ethereum now. Let's go ahead and read a couple of articles. We're going to be brief on this. Number one, Wyoming legally recognizes the first DAO, Decentralized Autonomous Organization, in the United States. 
Wyoming is the leading digital assets jurisdiction in the USA with now this DAO law, this DAO law. Wyoming is arguably the top blockchain jurisdiction in the world. What this means is that creating a true digital currency with mass acceptance is now possible. It is news like this that drives our bullishness of the long-term adoption of crypto. No matter what the price does, the fundamentals are still the same. And I have been preaching this and preaching this and preaching this forever. I know I sound like a broken record, but me sounding like a broken record, I hope makes you remember that the future of Bitcoin is not dictated by some random guy on Twitter saying that he likes Bitcoin or he doesn't like Bitcoin. It's not even dictated by one company alone getting into it. It's not even dictated by one country getting getting into it. What it is dictated by is the big holistic picture of everyone getting into it. One man is great, but I'm much more interested when 6.8 million El Salvadorans get in. I'm much more interested when not one... uh, bank gets in, but when all of the banks are getting in, which is what we're seeing, this is a good example of that kind of adoption. We're also seeing something interesting happening in Israel. The Bank of Israel adopts Ethereum for digital shekel trial. This is a big deal. A national currency built on top of Ethereum would be a massive step for adoption and would definitely leave Ethereum scratch, or excuse me, Cardano scratching its head saying, gee whiz, how do we compete with that? The Bank of Israel has adopted Ethereum blockchain technology for an internal pilot project to examine the digital shekel, a source close to the major household globes. Ethereum is the second largest cryptocurrency in the world after Bitcoin. To implement the project, the Bank of Israel's IT department has issued a token based on the blockchain technology of Ethereum, which represents digital shekels and has set up digital wallets into which team members of their venture can transfer imaginary digital shekels to each other within the Bank of Israel. Could Israel be the next nation to move towards cryptocurrency adoption of their currency. It's possible. Now, this is not the same thing as El Salvador moving in the direction of adopting Bitcoin. I want to be clear on that, but this is another big step for cryptocurrency. Now we are seeing nation states get into crypto. When I got into crypto, it was retail. Then over the last couple of years, it had been institutions. Now we are entering a new era of cryptocurrency and of the blockchain sector where nation states are getting involved. That is the final frontier. Mm-hmm. That is the final frontier of adoption. Now that we're penetrating that market, the sky truly is the limit. We just got to have patience. It's a hard word, but it's important. With that said, let's go ahead and move on to some technical analysis on Ethereum. Ethereum is currently sitting at $2,223, and it has been trending to the upside over the last couple of days. In fact, Ethereum over BTC shows us that Ethereum is outpacing Bitcoin and has been for the last couple of weeks. We were sitting at 0.05 ETH over BTC, and now we're up to 0.066. We have increased over the Bitcoin price by 20%. Ethereum is beating Bitcoin at the moment, and its dominance is increasing. However, there are a few things that we want to look at here. Namely, we are seeing a bearish MACD cross here on the four hourly chart for ETH. Notice how we hit a higher high up here just a couple of hours ago at $2,360. We hit 70 on the four hourly RSI and we've been trending to the downside. This bearish RSI, uh, excuse me, this bearish MACD cross indicates that we're probably going to continue to the downside for a little bit longer. Last time we crossed bearish, we continued to the downside for roughly a day and a half here on the four hourly chart. Before that, we did for a day and a half as well. I would be expecting for the rest of today to see more bearishness coming in on Ethereum. I'm looking at a support level here around $2,070 up to maybe $2,100 based on support that we saw built back on the 30th of June, right at $2,094. This level, based on that touch and also on some touches back over here, such as June the 20th and back over here in mid-May, May May the 19th and May the 24th, indicates to me that we're probably going to see Bitcoin, excuse me, Ethereum, Mm. correct down to this level. And from there, yes, we might bounce. That is going to be determined by some of the other... Wait, which level? Uh, We're looking at $2,100 on the four-hourly chart. Yes, sir. We are also, and this is not great RSI divergence, but it is RSI divergence. We do have technically RSI divergence on the four-hourly chart. This is technically a downtrend. You could argue that it's a flat level. Either way, it's still RSI divergence because they're different. We have an uptrending level of resistance here on Ethereum over US dollars and a downtrending or flat level of resistance here on the RSI on the four-hourly chart. If you take a look at that, that is very clearly indicating bearishness on Ethereum. We don't want to ignore that. It's not the cleanest in the world. I get that. But flat RSI, flat resistance on RSI and uptrending RSI, uptrending levels of resistance on the price action indicate 
RSI divergence and should go hand in hand with our bearish MACD cross. With all that said, I also want to take a look at the volume over here because kind of similarly to what we saw on Bitcoin, mm -hmm. the volume has sp uh, spiked many times down here at these bottoms. I think like Tim was saying that this is indicative that people are buying up these dips. I think a lot of people are looking for these low entry prices and they are getting it on a discount. Ethereum pulled back nearly 70% from all time high and people are wanting to make the most of that. Now, Contrary to what we're seeing on Bitcoin, we're actually seeing a ascending wedge on Ethereum right now. Notice this ascending wedge has been in play since the 22nd of June. And instead of Bitcoin's descending wedge that indicates it should break up, Ethereum is now in a rising wedge that indicates it should break down. And frankly, I think it's going to happen either today or it's going to happen tomorrow, but it's probably going to happen soon. When it does that, our first line of defense is the $2,100 level. Then we have another line of defense here at 2000. That is constituted by a low set on the 2nd of July. And also $2,000 is a big even. It has three zeros in it. So people like putting trades around these big, even, nice, whole numbers. So look at $2,100 and $2,000 as levels of support, and collectively they actually operate as a zone of support. So I'll go ahead and draw that zone right here with a rectangle. I do fully expect for Ethereum to pull down into this region this week. The question is, when will it pull back and will it bounce? Will it correct? And how long will it stay down here? That's why my prediction on this is going to be a little bit difficult because I don't know which one of these it is going to do. I'm pretty sure it's going to go down, but I don't know where it's going to be in five days. So let's try and figure that out so that I can come to my prediction. I personally think that we're probably going to see Bitcoin stay bearish, excuse Ethereum. me, Ethereum. I keep saying that. We're yes. probably going to see it stay bearish for 36 to 48 hours if it continues to the downside based on the way we see the MACD moving over the last several weeks on the four hourly chart. That means that we're probably going to be down at $2,000 by about Wednesday. So that gets us closer to Friday. But then the question is, are we going to bounce or are we going to break? That's the difficult one. I am going to look at a few more things before I make that call. Let's look at the daily chart. I'm going to delete all of this really quickly. Daily chart, we're above the 20 EMA. Let's look at the hourly chart. On the hourly chart, we are, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. I am going to call my prediction at $2,000 flat. And the reason is, is because I think what we may end up doing is staying down here in this zone for a little while, trading sideways in a bear flag. And then I'm not sure what's going to happen from there, but I could easily, easily see us trading sideways right here for days before deciding to break bullish or bearish. And I think that's probably going to carry us through onto Friday. So I'm going to make a $2,000 prediction. Might be a little higher, might be a little lower, but that's where I think it's going to be. What gotcha. are you guys' predictions? Smay said 2200 flat. So pretty much Smay kind of like looked at what was happening, I think, and just said like, all right, we ain't doing nothing. Like, we ain't we, doing we, nothing. We're we just going to hang tight and just keep bouncing. Um, my prediction is 2150, and it, it's very similar. When you said that 21. Sorry, 2100 bounced. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why I was like, what what price did you say? Because that's yeah. exactly what I'm seeing as well. Yep. Uh, I do think that we're going to kind of, I think we could been, potentially go all the way down to 2000, like you're saying, and then and then bounce back up. Here's Here is the thing that's really getting me at the moment. Again, as Jeb said, we are in ascending wedge versus we have Bitcoin in a massive descending wedge. So those are com two completely different things. So I do think we're starting to see the separation between the two projects because they've been they've been trading together this whole time and I think they're, they're starting to diverge and go different ways. However, there still is a slight bit of relationship there. And despite the fact that I think that if I was doing nothing but looking at technical analysis, I would say, oh, you know, I think Ethereum potentially could keep going up mm -hmm. uh, on, on one hand, looking at the wedge. But when I look at the volume, when I look at what's happening, when I, when I think about news that broke this week that people potentially were looking at, we saw some of these big banks, JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, kind of praising Ethereum. Uh, at this point, I think a large amount of people that are getting into the crypto space still look at those and say, oh, I probably should pay attention to what they're saying because I don't know who else to trust. Mm -hmm. and, and in case you're one of those people, those are not the people you should trust, trust when them. it comes to crypto. Yeah. Uh, however, when I hear that news, I'm, I'm half wondering if the reason Ethereum went up as Bitcoin kind of moved sideways and down was due to that. Yeah. Combined with the EIP 1559, and I'm not trying to poop on Ethereum and say it's a bad project. I'm trying to say the crypto market right now is kind of in the same boat. And the fact that Ethereum did something different, I think, has more to do with those pieces of fundamental analysis than it has to do with um, 
Ethereum is just becoming more valuable all of a sudden. And I think despite the fact that Ethereum is trying to do its own thing, I think this pull down that we expect to happen in Bitcoin, uh, and I don't think we're doing the chart today, but I was looking at the chart on Cardano as well. I think Cardano is going to be pulling back down. Um, however, we're going to predict that here in just a second. Yep. I, I think that Ethereum is going to not get to carry out its full extent of its upward wedge, which would put it... I mean, if it does, just so, just to give people comfort, I would expect if it continues to, to follow its ascending wedge, uh, traditionally in ascending wedges, they usually play out to about 70% of what they're doing, which would make Ethereum potentially get all the way up back to 2,500, maybe 2,600. However, I don't think that's going to happen. I think when you look at the volume, I think when you look at the sentiment and the, the pressure of what's happening right now, when you when you combine the fact that it, if Bitcoin is going to have a little drop, other projects happen, do you have a drop as well? I think Ethereum is going to break its wedge a little early, come back down, bounce off of around 2,000, 2,100, somewhere in there, and then sit around 2,150. Uh, but we shall see. You know, that's uh, yep. that's a fun one to predict. Yep. And by the way, guys, I forgot to mention this, but let me jump onto the Ethereum chart really quickly. We have also seen a sell signal on Ethereum from Lux Algo Premium, the indicator that is one of the sponsors of our channel. If you guys want to get Lux Algo, make sure to check it out. Links in the description box down below. It is the leading indicator in technical analysis right now. According to TradingView, TradingView sent their own engineers and programmers into the code, the open source code of Lux Algo, and said it was world class. They said it was top of the notch. They said it was, they said it was amazing, top of the notch, baby, top, yeah. top of class, leading. They said it was a great indicator, and you should definitely check it out. It's been very helpful in my technical analysis. With that said, guys, I, I think I think a good thing because someone's like, oh, so it will or it won't, you know, it will go up or it won't. I think I think the the best way to put that is if nothing else changes, if nothing else happens, Ethereum's going to go down. Yes, exactly. Uh, if nothing. Else Else changes as nothing else happens bitcoin's going to go down yeah we don't know if tomorrow papa elon musk is going to come back out and be like all right guys we changed our mind again we're coming we're going to start adopt you know allowing bitcoin for tesla and that's possible because another report showed that we are past he said that they would reconsider if we surpass 50 percent of green mining i think i saw the numbers at 56 yep so if nothing changes we're going down yep if something changes, which happens all the freaking time, yep, we're going up. Yep. So, indeed, let's go ahead and read some super chats. <laughs> Wrap it out. Uh, we have, well, we got to do the Cardano production prediction. Yes, I will do super chats. But you, I'll do super chats, and you look and start establishing what you think Cardano is doing. All right, we got one from Luis Garcia. He said, "Everyone I hear from on YouTube, TV, and pro traders love V Chain, but why doesn't it move up anymore? If everyone seems to be so bullish on it, that's a good question. I, I kind of think I have an answer, but Jeb, do you have an opinion on V Chain? Why? Because V Chain is still a a small project and yes. a lot of its value is coming from the fact that it, 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 mo, guys, you got to remember most of cryptocurrency is still very speculative yes. even if there is a large use case VeChain a lot of its value is coming from people speculating on what it'll do in the future mm -hmm. not its fundamentals its fundamentals are good and it has a great outlook I like the project but that's why you got to be careful about focusing you have to balance fundamental and technical analysis because they both play in. The technical analysis called this massive correction on Bitcoin, but the fundamental analysis called the massive long-term bull market. Fundamental analysis on VeChain might not have an impact on what's going to happen next week, but it will have an impact on what's going to happen in the next five years. So, yeah. Uh, real quick, this isn't a super chat, but this is a good question. Uh, Freestyle Fighter said, can you teach us how to trade Bitcoin pairs or is that in CT2A? I don't think it's in CT2A. It's not something that's in CT2A. It's very similar to how you would trade Bitcoin over US dollar, and that's why I don't have it yeah. in CT2A. A, it's not so everything that my general rule and I do mention this in the course I believe is the top five maybe top six seven cryptocurrencies look at their US dollar comparative everything else look at the Bitcoin comparative just because nobody's trading number 200 altcoin over US dollar because there probably aren't very many US dollar pairs everybody's trading Bitcoin over US dollar you can't trade Bitcoin over Bitcoin you know Everybody's trading uh, Ethereum over US dollar. And when you start getting into that like 7 to 15 range where there's a lot of overlap, then look at both of them and do a technical analysis on both of them. Generally speaking, though, that's the rule that I follow. Okay, let's go. More Super Chats we got. Uh, one from Ben's 310 said, Thoughts on Compound launching a treasury and them trying to get banks into DeFi? I'm not familiar with that that's news, unfortunately. Know. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Uh, I am Sudan said, if you secure crypto in a cold wallet, will you still get compound interest? I am Smay. What? He said, I am Sudan. So I said, I am Smay. Okay. Hey, right, Smay. The, the pillow is talking, yeah. I guess. Will you still get compound interest? I assume you're talking about DeFi and yield farming and staking and all of that. I, I That's a project by project thing. I don't want to say for certain because I don't know what crypto you're talking about and I'm not 
I'm not the most into that. Um, generally, I would say no, though. I don't think you will. I could be wrong on that, but I, I just don't know. The Blacksian, the Blacksican, the Blacksican, I think. Uh, says, what do you think about coins that are strong because of their community backing it? I accidentally made a better ROI on Doge than VeChain, only $100 to 4K. That's true, because, like, you know, there's obviously Cardano started out for the longest time, and, and you know, Cardano's still working to build what they're doing fundamentally, but it was mostly community backing. And, yep. and you know, XRP has continued. Like, the fact that XRP didn't go down to zero with everything that was happening in the SEC was because of the community backing it. Yep. And then you have obviously Dogecoin and Shiba Inu and SafeMoon and all those that we're not going to discuss the details of but that is a great question what do you think uh yeah no i mean the the community aspect is critical because the thing that drives adoption are people you know the the way we have to look at markets are as one massive entity one massive psychological entity where certain people are thinking this way certain people are thinking this way what's the average okay the average of all the thought in the cryptocurrency space around this project says that we're moving up the average of all the thought says we're moving down that's why we teach mass psychology in the cryptocurrency technical analysis academy which is linked in the description box down below, shameless self-promotion. But you guys need to be paying attention to what people are thinking. Now, pay attention to why they're thinking that also, though, because a lot of people thought, oh, man, Dogecoin is amazing. We're going to buy a ton of it. But they were thinking that based off of memes. That is not long-term fundamental growth. Now, the people that think that based on XRP think that because they think that XRP and the company Ripple have a very solid uh product that will be sustainable into the long-term distant future that is a better thing to bet on i still disagree with them but at least they all believe in something long term the people that believed in dogecoin believed in it because it was a meme where are all of them now they're 50 percent down and they lost money so you got to be careful about that community yeah. thing because you can very quickly be jumping on a bandwagon you want to be paying attention to where the psychology is going but don't jump on a bandwagon blindly because it might be headed off a cliff you don't want to be that guy Mm-hmm. Last super chat that I see from is from the black the blacksicon again, and I do I, I'm reading it. I don't I don't the even know what he's asking. So Jeb, I'm 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 gonna need your help with this one. He said, so I found Hanzo dollar sign Hanzo. I don't know what that is. What is that, that a project? That's a, that's a ticker symbol, I think. Uh, it's a ticker symbol. I don't. Yep. I have no idea what it's for. And it's founder. I was on Sheeb's marketing and NFTs team, but added tokenomics and social app plus an MM. Oh, game. Should I risk it? So you're probably not going to like how I answer this. First things first, I'm not familiar with it, so I can't give you any specific details on that at this time. But if you're asking, should I risk it, then it means that you're uncertain, which means the answer is probably no. If you need to ask someone else if you should go into something, yeah, that's good. Start. You should be listen. You should be asking people that have been where you are, and you should be getting that wisdom. But at this moment, if you're asking, should I risk it? Then you still don't have enough confirmation and enough certainty and confidence to be moving into that project. So I would personally say no, just because of the way you asked that. We had one more super chat come in while you were answering. He, it's from Darth Flyer. Said traders are calling bearish short term due to the GTBC unlockings, which was the grayscale Bitcoin unlockings but institutions have been buying and announcing etf apps like crazy get ready folks uh, so i'm gonna answer that do you know anything about the grayscale bitcoin unlockings no i don't actually i, I was looking it up a little bit because there's a lot of people in the comments uh, that's something we will talk i i'm actually let me write that down right now so i don't forget um th- what i was looking up it was kind of back and forth there's there's some bearish sentiment but there's also some bullish sentiment so there's a lot of speculation it's kind of similar back when we when eip 1559 first came out there's a lot of some people saying oh this is gonna be amazing for ethereum it's gonna make prices go up and there's some people saying this is gonna ruin ethereum this is the absolute worst thing whatsoever so it's something before we answer that fully i think we're gonna research more because again i i understand i appreciate people's like fear of there like i'm like okay that's something that needs to be we don't just like brush that off yeah however at the same time though there's a lot of people actually predicting that could help the price bounce higher so yep um we will i'll look into that with that said guys i'm gonna take a wild stab at cardano this is probably my least confident of the predictions but i'm gonna say dollar 41 wow wow can you can you elaborate as to why i really uh, if we look at my chart here we got an uptrending level of support here we have this 20 ema we're currently above it i just have a weird feeling that we're gonna kind of stay above it I could be wrong. I'm not very confident on this one. I've done quite a bit of technical analysis the, on Cardano. The one, the, the up level su- the support, it's it's anchored on the 22nd of June, the 2nd of July. It's a yeah, the 22nd of June. Uh, no, what am I? What the heck? Why is it saying the 2nd no, of July? No, it's anchored on the. Uh, 
I th- it's I think anchored on the 26th off. of June. My dates are off on my thing. That's why it's being stupid. Um, yeah, okay. That is completely... This is, the, again, Bitcoin and Ethereum, we were on the same wavelength. Uh, unfortunately for poor Smainold, uh, which actually, Smay's sitting in a good spot. Smay mm-hmm. uh, said to dollar forty. Really? Right below you. <laughs> so you're going to need Cardano to rally. Okay. Uh, he's, got a lot of, he's got a lot of green between him and me because I'm looking at the chart. I'm looking at what Cardano is doing. Why does it say I'm on the five-minute chart? I'm going to try and go to the four-hour Probably because you're on the five-minute chart. I, well, I didn't click the five-minute chart is the problem. All right. Here is the thing with Cardano. I think it is going to – man, my chart did something crazy. It deleted everything I – Built on it. However, it is also an ascending wedge, just like Ethereum. Mm-hmm. However, that ascending wedge is right at the 70% mark. However, comma. However, well, the thing is, when you also look at the volume, when you look at the the RSI divergence, there was a, um, let's see. Yes, there's an RSI divergence for sure. If you look at what we had peak right here on the, 4th of July, and then you go back all the way to the 14th of June. We have a divergence right there on RSI on the four-hourly chart. Uh, again, just like Bitcoin, I, even though Cardano plays by its own rules a lot of times, some giant it, does, divergence. it does follow what the crypto market does a little bit. So mm-hmm. is it possible that it goes up to the 140 or the 141, as which is 141 right now, so it's not up. It, is it possible it hangs tight? Yes, it's absolutely possible, but it's also a good chance we could drop back down to our level of support where the volume is sitting really nice is right there around my 125. Yeah. So I, I was saying consistent is what it was. If the market drops like what it was, what it's looking at, it should mm-hmm. and it will. Yeah. I think that my prediction is going to be right. But what we'll is, see. That's, what is, I always think You haven't said your prediction. Right. I said 125. Oh. oh yeah, okay. 125. Okay, gotcha. That, that right there, 125, is where we see a lot of volume. Good deal. Well, guys, if you enjoyed today's stream, make sure to check out the links in the description box down below. We are also sponsored by Bybit. It is a fantastic cryptocurrency trading platform. And just because we're trading sideways does not mean that there's not profit to be made. In fact, when we're moving sideways, scalping down on the one-minute, five-minute, 15-minute, 30-minute hour chart is actually kind of easier because there's a lot more volatility. There's a lot of money to be made in trading right now if you know what you're doing if you want to learn how to do, if you want to learn how to do technical analysis so you can use it in your trading you can check out the cryptocurrency technical analysis academy with the link in the description box down below make sure to sign up for buy but if you haven't already helps to support our channel and you'll be getting access to a fantastic cryptocurrency exchange remember that leverage trading is for people that have experience in crypto not for our crypto noobs who we love dearly Mm-hmm. But be careful because you can get wrecked. With all that said, guys, I think that's all we have for today. No, we do not. What we do have we have? Very big information. Oh, yeah. Because we have five winners. We have five winners. They get to spend a about. half hour with Jeb. Oh, and because yeah. I misspoke and said it was an hour long, it is not an hour long with Jeb, but because I misspoke, I don't want to steal things from people. You don't get an hour with Jeb, but you get a half hour with Jeb. And if you would, you can turn it down if you want. But you can also have a half hour with me and Smay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if these five people want it, uh, so they can let us know. But if they do, then uh, yeah, look for it in the future. We're gonna have a lot more of these too. Like I don't know when, I don't know the dates, I don't know the times, but be on the lookout. We're gonna do a lot more of this in the future. Uh, and the test went well. We had a lot of people very excited about this. So we're like, all right, this is definitely something we should do. Yeah. Uh, the winners are, and I hope you guys are watching. If not, we will. I think we have emails so we can email people. But we have, and I hope I say all these names right, Lavelle Kevin. Lavelle, congratulations. Let's go, Lavelle. Are you doing a, a clap track? Okay, nice. Uh, Saran Alexandra. Saran. Nice. Douglas Damon. This is the fun one. Gershani Deepak, I I think Gershani. If anyone has a name close to that, Gershani Deepak, and the last one is Best Brett. Best Brett. I wonder if that's his real name, Best. I wonder. That's I wonder if he has a brother named Worst Brett. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> oh my. I'm looking forward to talking to every one of you guys. I love sitting down with y'all. This was a really cool idea that you guys came up with. Uh, speaking to our team here, so I'm looking forward to it. Yep. Yeah. I, I think that now. 
is all that we have. Smay, t- is there, well, actually, uh, Smay has been Smay has been spreading a lot of uh, rumors that he is locked up in the corner in the room. I think Smay's just a little shy. He's just shy. He's just like, shy. He today. Had a, he had a he had a wrong a long weekend. So. He's just shy today, guys. Before we wrap it out, if you did enjoy today's stream, make sure to smash that like button. And also, make sure to follow us on social media at Crypto Jeb over on Instagram and Twitter. We're very active over there, and we'd love to see your smiling faces on those platforms. So make sure to check that out. Also, make sure to follow us on TikTok at Crypto Jeb Official. Make sure that you don't follow at Crypto. Jeb because that's not us. It's at Crypto Jeb Official over on TikTok. Check that out. We are looking forward to seeing you over there. That's all we got for you today. Before we go, though, guys, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching, as always, and I will see you guys in the next video. Peace. Oh, I got a real good feeling.